the number one Costa Rica real estate and investment podcast, bringing you experts from all over Costa Rica. Good morning, guys, and welcome to episode 143 uh, of Costa Rica Real Estate Investments with me, your host, Richard Bexon. Today, we're going to be talking with Nick Alverson, owner of Osa Property Management, located in the South Pacific of Costa Rica. They manage properties from Manuel Antonio uh, in the Central Pacific area, which I'm sure many of you know, all the way down to Osa in the South. So we're going to be talking to Nick about his experiences in Costa Rica, uh, the part that technology plays in property management, and how to maximize your vacation rental returns. So it's going to be a great podcast here, just because Nick has had a wealth of knowledge and manages some of the, uh, I would say, the most luxurious properties on the uh, Central and Southern Pacific coasts here. Remember, guys, uh, if you want to reach out to us, you can do. It's been great chatting with some of you and also now working with some of you. Uh, I think if we could summarize what it is that we do, um, it's basically kind of advise you on making the right decisions for you when it comes to buying and investing in Costa Rica. Uh, we're not realtors. Um, we basically you pay us, I suppose, or hire us to be on your side of the transaction, making sure that you know, we understand your lifestyle and investment goals and making sure that the uh, product that you actually end up buying or investing into really reaches uh, and achieves those lifestyle and investment goals. We work all over the country uh, and have a, a big office here in the city. So we fly out all over the place, uh, as many of you know. You can reach out to us, info at investingcostarica.com. That's info at investingcostarica.com. But let's get straight into the podcast with Nick. Good morning, Nick. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Very good. Appreciate you taking the time to uh, join us on the podcast. I've been an admirer of yours from afar. And uh, again, it's been great to uh, meet you, get to know you a little bit more and now get you on the podcast to uh, get a little bit, know a little bit more about you, uh, also property management um, and also kind of some of the driving factors behind vacation rentals here in Costa Rica. I love it. I appreciate it. appreciate the time. Not at all, not at all. Well, I mean, Nick, the question I always like to start off with is just, you know, I mean, you know, with the economy of where it is at the moment, you know, the uncertainty in the world. I mean, what are you seeing happening in Costa Rica in your area, you know, at the moment? Are you still seeing it on an upward swing? Is it steadying out a little bit? Are you seeing a bit of a downturn? I mean, what, what, are, you, what are you seeing? Sure. From a real estate standpoint, now bear in mind, we don't sell, uh, we're not yep. real estate agents. We're pure property managers. But I can tell you the real estate market appears to be strong very strong still. Um, in terms of pricing, you should talk to your real estate agent about pricing and value. However, in terms of good homes are, are still being bought, um, if quality homes are still being bought, in terms of a, a rental standpoint, there's some softening going on, but that's a global that's a global phenomenon right now. I mean, that sure. is across the United States. There was such built up rental demand during COVID that when the walls of COVID that had been put up fell, it was just a gold rush of everybody just having all this money and wanting to just get out of their house and go everywhere. And uh, that's starting to, to level out a little bit. And so we've had to adjust to that. But but again, Costa Rica is always in demand. It's it's a global destination. It's a, it's a dream destination for a lot of people, a lot of anniversaries and weddings and, and that sort of thing. So sure. I don't think it's as, as susceptible to some of the other kind of trendy locations. Costa Rica is Costa Rica. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's interesting what you said there, though, because, again, I, I just want to kind of break that down a little bit. Like, how would you say 2018 and 19 compares to this year? Because like 2020, 2021 and 2022 was just like everyone was drunk. 
you know right now i think we're starting to see some form of like what post-pandemic normality is but how would you compare that prior to to, to it would you say yeah, I mean, if you look at the ICITE numbers, this is the Tourism Institute from Costa Rica, the numbers are still below 2019 in terms of foreigners entering the country. So it's close. I mean, it's within single digits now percentage-wise. In terms of our specific area, and, and, and just for your listeners, we we operate around 50 property uh, vacation rentals between Manuel Antonio to the north and then south down to about uh, 10 minutes south of Ojo Chao. In our area, it's still somewhat emerging. You know, so people are still in high demand. Houses are still in high demand. Um, I think some of the other areas may not be experiencing the same sort of demand we are. You know, I've, I've been in this area for 18 years. So I remember when Uvita was literally just one commercial center and one gas station. And yet, when you talk to people moving there today, it's still it's still being discovered because it's not the Guanacaste model. There's not towers, condominium towers everywhere. And there's still a lot of, fresh farms to buy, if you will, in terms of a development standpoint. Um, but demand, I think we are approaching the new normal. Interest rates are, uh, do, do impact us. What impact us more than anything, really, though, are airfare tickets. Um, yeah. Those have doubled pretty much in the last 12 months. So it used to cost around six to $800 now to get from, say, Minneapolis, where I fly in and out of a lot. You know, the, a flight used to be about $650 to San Jose. Now it's pushing... 12 to 1500 on a normal ticket. So when you start multiply that out with four, you know, four person family or six, now you're looking between six and $9,000 just to get down there. So yeah. the value for the vacation rental side, you've really got to adjust and, 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 and try to try to still be in the budget for those people. Well, it's funny that you say that on flights, because again, I just put flights from, maybe it's the other way around, it's not it, but from San Jose to Denver and back next January, but I was able to pick them up for like 600 bucks. I think if you look far enough in advance, you could probably still get some great deals. But I know, again, I've had clients, you know, spend $2,000 on a flight down here last minute. Correct. Yes. Yes. And it's always about the future. And if you look at some of our data, it will, it, it actually will depend on the home, but a lot of our rentals are within 60 days. So Yep. Outside of holiday season, holiday season, we are getting, you know, we're getting bookings now seven, eight, nine months in advance, and that's normal. But when it looks into kind of the down season, the low season, our average from day of purchase to day of entering the house is in the 40s in most cases. So there's a lot of last minute purchasing. Yep. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, we even sit, we even saw that again, you know, I've, I've worked in travel for many years and like that, you know, it was kind of anywhere from like 30 to 60, sometimes as far as 90 days, but it was really 30, 60 days out people were making that decision. Um, okay. Unless it was a holiday season or a really busy time of the year, you know, that they, they would be booking months out in advance. That's correct. Yes. So we like to make sure that we have our pricing set properly for the holidays well in advance. We use a pricing software, dynamic pricing software to, to protect us and to ensure that we're maximizing revenue for our owners. Yeah, I mean, let's just touch on that a sec. I mean, what things do you think that owners can do? Because a lot of people that listen to this podcast are looking to invest, they already have, you know, vacation rentals uh, or are looking to build, but like what things do you think owners can do or can work with their property management company in order to really maximize revenue? The number one thing owners must recognize is that they are in the hospitality industry at the moment they wanna rent their house out. It yeah. is not, it is, is as an owner, they're always looking at it through a lens of it's a home. And for you, that's true. It is a home. From a, from a vacationer, it's a place to stay and it's a, it's a place to sleep. Therefore, you need to think about that. You need to put yourself in their shoes. 
spending money on tchotchkes or expensive artwork is a waste of money. Going too high quality, actually, even on towels can be a complete waste of money. And there's an operational reason. One, there's a, there's a cost reason. But two, yeah. from an operational standpoint, to be able to wash and dry those towels in a, in a fast manner is nearly impossible. So you, you, if, you're, if you really want a high thread count on towels, you should have two, two dryers in your home so the cleaning crew can get them in and out. If you want to maximize revenue from a rental standpoint, really make sure and really focus on what guests want. Guests want safety, they want fast internet, they want clean, and they want things that are simple and easy to understand. The more complex a house gets with with special features, that can be, I I would really hesitate about spending too much focus on fountains and and fancy water features because we all know with with the electrical grid in Costa Rica, there's lots of surges, like power surges are terrible for pool pumps, pool timers. And anything related to plugged into the grid. So when you are promoting a house with a water feature and a guest shows up and that water feature doesn't work, that's going to immediately put a bad taste in their mouth. So keep it simple. Keep it beautiful. Um, and and I would say, listen to your property manager. You know, we, we are, and I'm speaking on behalf of both property management, but our goal is to rent out the house at the highest possible right, rate as often as possible. Keeping in mind, our number one goal, our number one job as a property manager is to make sure your property, your investment is protected in terms of of quality, in terms of damages or things like that. With that said, you need to make sure you have enough of, of, when you're in the hospitality world, it's it's the non-sexy stuff. You need to make sure you have enough towels. You need to make sure you have enough sheets. You have to make sure you have enough uh, pillows and understand that when people are on vacation, they're celebrating more. They're doing more things that they probably don't do at home as often. and you're going to go through sheets, you're going to go through towels, you're going to go through things like that. And that's part of the price to pay of, yeah. of being in the hospitality world. I think too often people look at it, and we run into this every once in a while from a homeowner standpoint, and they say, well, this is my home and I just bought towels you know, eight months ago. Why do I have to buy more? I said, well, we've had 20 reservations during that time. And that's a lot of washing. That's a lot of usage. And we need to make sure those towels are still in good condition. So- yeah. There is an education process and some owners, quite frankly, just never get to that point. Um, we've, we've been known to drop owners that, that aren't a good fit for us for that reason. You know, we want to make sure the guests, when they come down and stay at your house, have the, are, are focused on having fun and not focused on the fact that the, the towels are old or the sheets have a hole in them. Yeah. Well, and, and again, you notice that stuff in like two seconds. And I think, you know, initial... <laughs> You know, that initial impact when a client walks in and starts to see stuff at the beginning, like if it starts off bad, it's really difficult to recover. So like those initial impressions of just and it's simple stuff, as you said there, like, you know, sheets, towels, like don't make it too common. Like let them get in the pool and be happy when they get in the pool. If they find something after as soon as they've been in the pool and a couple of drinks, like it's okay from there. (laughs) That's right. That's absolutely right. Yeah. In fact, we've 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 just recently changed our processes in terms of staging our homes for when I say staging. I'm talking about for the renters, you know, we have a set process. We have our own cleaners in house. So our cleaners get to know a house and the longer we manage a house, the better the cleaners know it, the better everything gets gets in terms of also on the rental and the revenue side, because we get better reviews or the the reviews, we have more reviews, which, which pushes our pricing software up and, and our revenue goes up. You know, we, we supply all of the soaps, all of the shampoos, all the shower gels, 
They're in our own containers, own branded containers. So across all of our homes, that way, when a guest rents from us, they're getting the same experience. So that way we know that they're not going to ask us for shampoo because we've already put shampoo in there. Um, so there's ways that we, as the property management company are trying to ensure that the guests are focused on their time in the country and, yeah. and, and everything from in the house to, and, and for us, we have a full-time concierge. So his only job is to make sure that their guests, that when the guest lands in San Jose, ideally the next week or as many days they're in the country is planned out for them, whether that's dinner reservations, private shuttles to and from airports or wherever it is, that way it brings that stress level down because it's all about, it's all about that experience in the house and that ultimate review. And if we can do anything, we do everything we can to decrease that stress by having itineraries in place. People know where they're supposed to be. They, they know where to buy their groceries. They know, God forbid, there's an accident. They know where to go for the clinic. So all, our guests all have digital guidebooks that they can that they have access to at the moment of reservation that they can go into their phones and find all that information out. So yeah. it kind of all connects through to that house because when we're providing photos of the house and photos of the beach towels and everything else, there's that expect, expectation when they walk through the door and they see it and everything matches and everything is exactly as we said it was going to be then it just brings that stress level down. I mean, you're basically staying in a hotel. I mean, in an, in an, in a, you know, that's what it is. I mean, it's an experience of a hotel, but like, it's just one hotel you're staying in. There's no that's other guests. absolutely correct. That's absolutely no. right. That's right. So, but I mean, I think that what people need to understand is that like, look, it's a symbiotic relationship here with your property management company from various different for different reasons number one protecting your asset number two is generating revenue but the third thing is again is is creating a going concern that at some point in the future when you sell your property that cash flow in the past and the future is going to help you raise the value of your property as well because if i'm sitting at two identical properties say both at five hundred thousand dollars one has never rented but the other one rents and actually has probably fifty thousand dollars of future revenue you know, I'm like, it's an easy decision. Like I've just got, you know, I've, there's 50 grand taken off my my price there. So I'm actually getting it for 450 versus 500. It comes with all these reviews and comes with everything. So that relationship is just so important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I'll tell you, there have been times where we, we were asked not to manage a housing, but basically we got fired because the seller was afraid we do too much. Uh, yep. That's on the negative side. On the positive yep. side, we can help real estate agents all day long, help them sell a property because we know the maintenance schedule. We have our own in-house maintenance team. So, and we keep track of everything digitally. So we have uh, digital reports on any time we enter the property or the house, we're, we're, we are making a record of that photos and notes. And that is held forever. So we can go back three, four years on some homes. When was the last time that air conditioner was fixed? When was this? So when you're selling the property, all of that information is available. And to your point, in terms of bookings and things like that, that is something that a new owner can walk right into. It's seamless. And also the other thing that in terms of what owners can do is make sure they do not use the home between December and April. A lot of people buy homes in Costa Rica because they live in the Northern hemisphere and they want to they get tired of the cold. And I'm from Minnesota, so I know it gets 20 below yep. in January. I get it. But if your goal, when, when an owner tells us, well, our goal is to, to maximize revenue, I say, great. And our owners can use their house anytime they want. There's no charge. They can use it anytime they want. But when those same owners then book 10 days in January 
And then I say, well, you just cost yourself between, you know, up to four to, depending on the house, between four and $10,000. Don't come to me in December or January when we go through the annual review, you say, well, I wish we would have generated more revenue. Well, we could have, <laughs> you know, but if, if your goal is, is truly to maximize that return, then owners need to stay out of their home during that time or just understand that they're sacrificing thousands of dollars. You're sacrificing reviews. You're sacrificing yep. potentially the future value of that house when it sells. Because now when we supply, if you if you ask for it, the rental revenue and the rental reports for the real estate agent, that that could be another ten to $15,000 a year that you've sacrificed by using that. So extrapolate that for five years, you've given up $75,000 of revenue yep. uh, for, for those days that you've used. So owners really need to think about that. Of, of, and if they want to use it for themselves, that's perfectly, of course, it's their house. But just think that through. Or... Use it like really last minute. Last minute, high season or low season all day. You can low season. You know, I always encourage owners to come down. You know, low season. I just got off the phone with a with a gentleman who's who's evaluating several homes, and, and I'm giving him my opinion on that. And he said, you know, Nick, listen, I've got three Airbnbs in the United States. We this is purely financial. This is a purely financial decision. We will never be there in high season. Ever. <laughs> great. Great. That because even if it's last minute, you know, we we require a 48 hour uh, window reservation. But in the high season, we're in the 90 percent occupancy. Some are almost 100 yeah. percent. So we will catch those last minutes, whether there's a foreigner uh, traveling to a new area, like traveling to Manuel Antonio or traveling to Uvita for the first time. And they jump online three days before they're going to book those two. And we have two to three day minimums. So to pick up those two days that are open, that might happen. So it's 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 uh, it's something to really think about. Well, let me just touch on something that you mentioned there again. It, you know, from someone looking at a pure investment point of view um, of investing in your area, I mean, if you were to summarize what products rents the best in that area, or if you were to build something there, what would it look like, Nick? It would be. About it, it, it would be two different styles. One would be yeah. walk, walking distance to the, to the beach is one. Yep. So no views, but walking distance to the beach. The other one would be great ocean views. In today's world, renters like modern designs. So clean lines, high ceilings, lots of airflow. Where um, So those are two different, totally different extremes. You would want to go to a minimum of three bedrooms three to four yep. bedrooms minimum, uh, even four is better. You get to five bedrooms and there, there actually is a, a kind of a diminishing returns. However, if you have the square footage, it's never going to hurt you. You know, your, your, your marginal cost, your extra cost is really just some bedding. So if you can get more bedrooms, that's ideal. But the sweet spot would be that three to four bedroom walk to the beach with, and by walking, I mean less than 10 minutes, 10 minutes or less, or, just killer ocean views with with great architecture. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, I always say like, look, it's either closeness to to the beach or it is those views, you know, and because, I mean, especially in your part of the country, I mean, those views are pretty, I mean, everywhere, but like, I mean, that whale's tail view is, you know, pretty exceptional. Spectacular. And I'm sure people request, I need a whale's tail view. I'm sure you have people that just like, I just want whale's tail view. Yes. Yeah, but we've got this other great house that like hasn't a made, I just want whale tail view. That's right. Well, and not only that, we one of our, best producing homes, best performing homes, it is a solid 30 to 35 minutes to the beach. 
But yep. the views will blow you away. It's up a, a, a rough, rough road for a good 20 minutes of that is four by four access only. But the home is spectacular. It's only three bedrooms, but the, spe- the, the architecture is gorgeous. 15 foot ceilings, floor to, floor to ceiling windows and sliding glass. Everything opens up into one huge space for pool deck. Um, and, and so so that's not even anywhere near the beach, but you have that oasis. You are alone. You are by yourself. You are up there and the views and the, and the sunsets. You know, one thing too that I just kind of take for granted that I did not mention was you have to have a swimming pool, right? I mean, that goes yeah. without saying. Every home we manage has a swimming pool. And in fact, we've turned down about five homes this year. We will not manage a home without a pool because we used to do that. And it just became so difficult to rent. And we rent a lot to, to locals, to Costa Ricans. That's something else that is so often ignored. And in fact, we've heard some racist comments and, and all sorts of things from, from, from owners who have switched property managers to us. Um, you know, we have a solid uh, rental market to the local market. That's why our website's in Spanish and English. Yeah. Um, and, and they're great. You know, we, and oh. it's, there's a lot of, Costa Ricans have a lot of money. I think that's one thing people don't understand is yes. there is a solid middle and upper class here. Very solid, very strong. We know plenty of doctors and lawyers and, and, and business owners. And actually during COVID, COVID was, COVID was good for us. We grew yeah. because we were a legally operating property management company, unlike almost a lot of the others. And Costa Ricans, just like in the United States, wanted to get out of the cities. So we had a lot of long-term renters during COVID. But but the, the Costa Rican market is great. And those are where, where, are where a lot of last-minute renters will come from, yep. um, especially those three and four bedrooms. They generally are multi-generational in their travel and their vacations. Mm-hmm. You know, there's that middle, as you mentioned, kind of that middle class, you know, in the mid-40s, it would be the demographic that will have their mom or dad with them, kind of grandma and grandpa, their kids. They're going to bring six to eight people and they will pay full price and and stay at some of our most beautiful homes. And that's something else, you know, You but you have to have a pool. I mean, you just have to kind of go full. You have to have a yep. pool for your home. No, I agree. I mean, you mentioned something there and I, I want to ask you about that. I mean, and really the, the question that kind of comes around that because you mentioned about, you know, I suppose legality of a property management company. But I mean, I, and I'm going to ask the question, what questions would you ask when selecting a property management company? Well, I hate to say it, but unfortunately, this industry in Costa Rica is, although it's regulated, it's not enforced. Yeah. So the the there are a number of things that, that property management companies have to have, and it's not even negotiable. Uh, one would be you have to be a legally registered business with Hacienda, the tax authorities. Yep. Uh, two, you, you have to have a patente, which comes from your local municipality. Yep. The patente is a permit that, allow that that you've notified the, the local government that you are an operating business and to get that patente you have to have an office um so they will inspect your office and make sure it meets all the building codes all of the um even even if you're renting it they'll come in and inspect la ley 7600 to make sure it's handicapped accessible and all of that that has to be a place to have a patente the other thing that you have to have and this is the most violated clause is you have to have be registered with suhef which is s u g e f that's the Costa Ricans anti-money laundering agency that oversees all real estate companies, property managers, and anyone taking escrow money. So although real estate companies will have it, the, the designation is a little different on the property management side. So even though the real estate companies that have SUHEF, 
if they're doing property management, they'll need a separate designation, a separate permit. It's not yep. a permit, but uh, registration. And that is the most violated thing that 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 almost in our region, especially in the Vita or hotel area. As of now, we don't know another company that has that. It adds cost, and that's why people don't want it um, because you have to get CPAs involved, um, which you have to have anyway as a business. But it's again, it's extra fees for them. You know, it always involves a lawyer and a CPA. And basically, what that is ensuring is that the the government can come in and ask us to prove. Because we're accepting prepayments, right? Someone makes a reservation for Christmas. In our case, they're putting 50% down. And we have to hold that 50%. We can't touch that. That has to sit in a separate account, separate bank account that is strictly for prepayments. And the government can say, prove to us you have that in in a liquidity account. So it's a cash account at a local Costa Rican bank. So we always have to have that ready. And, And they do ask and they do check that. And I think, you know, as if I were a property owner, you're, you're buying a, a, and owning a home in another country where you live typically thousands of miles away. The last thing you want to do is cut corners when it involves taxes, when it involves the legality of the person that you're entrusting the keys to your home to. So I would absolutely insist they have SUHAF, they have to have a patente, they're registered with the tax authorities. Um, those are the three big things. And unfortunately, a lot of companies just don't do that. I can tell you from firsthand conversations I've had with owners in the area, they have been told by either real estate agents or property managers uh, at other companies that say you don't have to pay taxes in Costa Rica if the money never touches Costa Rica. That's a falsehood. If, if the service is taking place in Costa Rica, which in this case it yeah. always is, that's where the home is, you have to pay your 13% EBA tax on every reservation. You also have an income tax due at the end of the year. So those are things that you need to make sure your property manager knows the laws about. So, you know, we have an in-house accountant who who does all the bill pay. We make sure all your bills are paid. An owner should never have to pay a bill because it's, 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 although easy to do, you also can get tax credits back on the EVA tax you've paid on the rentals and all the other services you're paying for. So make sure that, that, it, and and I expect this to, to the, the legality as the money gets bigger and bigger, the enforcement will hopefully start coming in more and more. But, you know, if you're investing a significant amount of money in a second property, you want to make sure that you have legal recourse to get that money back. Because we, we have been approached. This is unfortunately happens to, you know, about every three months we'll get in, we'll pick up a house, we'll start managing. And one of their first questions to us is, hey, I've got X number of thousands of dollars tied up at the old property management company. Can you help me get that? And I say, well, are they registered with SUHA? They're like, no, I don't even know what that is. They said they didn't yeah. need it or whatever. And it's like, no, there's nothing we can do because you just gave money to someone who's working there. So, illegally. Yeah. And, and mean, that's the other problem. The other problem is, you know, a lot of times people, homeowners will hire property managers who, who speak English, generally speaking English, the same way they do, which means they're either American or Canadian and not paying attention to the fact whether or not that American or Canadian can actually work in Costa Rica. Even even as a resident of Costa, uh, Costa Rica, if you're not a permanent resident, you have no legal right to work day-to-day operations of a business. You can own a business, but you can't work in the business. Yep. Now, if you're a permanent resident, you can do anything and work anywhere and do any job in Costa Rica. So those would be the big things to look at because, um, again, as a homeowner standpoint, you want to look at going with a company, a property management company that has more than one or two people. I mean, take take the extreme example in COVID 
when COVID hit, we, we grew. We had homeowners calling us in tears that said, I don't know where my property manager is. I don't know where my keys are. I have no idea what's going on. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to, I mean, it was panic. Basically, and, Nick, the, the tide went out and you saw who was wearing like their swimsuit yes. and who wasn't, right? Yes, Basically, yes, that yes. happened. Yeah. Well, and, and again, we just picked up a house yesterday where they were, they were, they were evaluating us versus another company. And I said, tell me more about that. They said, well, it's, you know, it's one person. I said, what happens if they want to take a vacation or they get sick or uh, what, no. what, what's going to happen? It's, it's, it's a one leg stool. That's exactly it. Basically. But I mean, it's interesting. Do you remember a company called Mead Brown talking Suhef? Anyway, Meet Brown went gung-ho a while back in Costa Rica and walked off with all clients' money, and they were not Suhef registered. But, I mean, they were big. I mean, they were doing, like, 60, 70 properties, but they were not Suhef registered, you know, back then. So, I mean, this stuff happens, unfortunately. You know, Costa Rica, you know, as we say, sometimes there's a sunny place for shady people. So you just need to do your research and, um, you know, just ask around and speak to previous people that are working with these people and ask those difficult questions of, like, how do you separate your operational capital from, you know, from my from my capital, basically, uh, and see Absolutely. how the response is there. That's exactly right. And, again, we we know – you know, we understand the idea that we like that, that, that most foreigners and I'm going to say Americans, because that's, I can talk about that. They like to talk to other Americans. They feel like they can trust them more and, but they're not looking at it and, and they're buddies and they can go have a drink with them and they can, they're, they're our friends and they're, that's yep. fine. Go have your drinks with whomever you, you wish. But when you give the keys to your house, the keys to your own castle to somebody, make sure that they are properly vetted. Yeah. Nick, when do you believe that there is a lack of product in your area? I mean, what would you like to see more of? I mean, you mentioned stuff there that does really well, but I mean, is it the same answer to like what you'd like to have more product of? Like, again, a lot of people are looking to build or to buy, but like if they're looking to build, I mean, what is there a lack of product of in your opinion? I think I, I, I'll tell you what there's too much of. I think too often, and this is, this is more indicative of the real estate agents and or kind of a belief system of, of buyers. There, there's a, big belief of, well, if I buy a big enough piece of property or I buy a house and there's room to build, build another casita, I'm going to do that because more rooms equals more money. And that's, we, I, I couldn't argue that. That's so opposite of what the truth is. Ever since COVID, people want privacy. The last thing they want is a bunch of people they don't know. And as a father of, a, of two teenagers and a teenage girl, the last thing I want is to spend time in another country or if I didn't have my business, but to have my daughter come down and spend time with sharing a swimming pool with a bunch of people I don't know. Yeah. You know, people are paying for privacy. So there's a lot of people that that will jump down and buy a property and say, I'm going to build five casitas. I'm going to build three casitas. And and that's not what the clients want. That's not what guests want. What I would say is, you know, the more you can do to, to differentiate yourself, you know, there's a lot of, uh, like an hotel has quite a few and we manage quite a few of them. The homes are all the same. They're cookie cutter. So you really, truly cookie cutter, same pool, same yep. dimensions inside, you know, if you're going to do that, then make something unique in terms of paint schemes, put highlight walls in, you need to stand out somehow. If you're buying a raw piece of land that you can build anything you want, then do something that's that's professional and classy is kind of a weird word for it, but make sure it's a little more upscale. Yeah. Because um, when you're talking rentals, the high end stuff can always go down in price. You know, that's what we see in the low season, beautiful four bedroom houses or three bedroom houses. You know, an owner can say, Nick, cut that price way down. I just want somebody in there to generate revenue. That's fine. If you have kind of a cabin 
or a casita, there's only so low you can go. So, you know, if a, if, if a renter can say, well, heck, for an extra $50 a night, I get a luxury home versus a casita. Obviously, yeah. the luxury home is going to win 10 out of 10 times. So I think what's 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 missing is that sort of, um, and, and part of it is just the, the growth, right? I remember, again, where Uvita was nothing. I mean, I remember cows, right? Where BCR. I remember the road. I remember it used to take forever, the bumpy yes. roads to get down. I mean, you destroy your car just driving south in this country. Yeah. I mean, it was from my very first trip in 2005 was when uh, we flew to Capos and then the vacation. Oh, you were lucky. In a cow. You flew to Capos. I uh, did. Those bridges. <laughs> I remember the bridges trying to get to Capos where sometimes you'd have to. Well, like, I was headed south, uh, though. I was headed south to Dominicao. Oh, wow. So the, the 13 bridges, yeah, it took two and a half uh, hours. Yep. Wow. It takes 30 minutes now. So, yeah, it, it, it was brutal. So, I mean, there's there's kind of the old guard that remembers those days. Um and and finds that charming. And when we saw this and had this this discussions about when Dominical, I mean, back in 2005, they were talking about paving the road in Dominical, which obviously eventually happened another 15 years later, but or 14. And and but kind of the old guard said, well, this is the charm of Dominical is the bumpy road and the dust in downtown and other people coming in spending a million or two dollars two million dollars for a home, saying, I just spent a million dollars for a home. I don't want to have to have my wife or or myself or my kids fight through dust to go to the beach in Dominican, right? So there's kind of this dichotomy of the charming old ways and the new, new ways. And right or wrong, the new ways are going to win, I think. They um, will. The, yeah. But I mean, the old the old guard just keeps moving south. Like, yes, it was, that's right. It was Marilyn Antonio, then to Dominican, then to Avita, yep. now Hachau, now moving down yep. to Tres Rios. Like, they just keep moving further south. Yeah, it's, you know, we'll be in, uh, Sierra, I expect Sierra to have big growth. I expect, you know, you, Puerto Jimenez has already been growing, but even that is, you know, that's that's a ways out when you if you yeah. want to drive it. It's great to fly into. So, yeah, I think, you know, uh, the services are picking up, right? I mean, it's, it's great. I can tell you as a homeowner and um, as a business owner, having, having, you know, more retail options are great. Again, there's, there's a little bit of pushback on that as well of having yep. more grocery stores, but you know, BM is a locally owned grocery store chain, you know, owned yep. by a family out of San Vito and um, they're growing and they, um, you know, Walmart with Maxi Pali just opened in Uvita several months ago that, you know, love it or hate it. It's, it's great to be able to go there and get supplies. Well, I- I apologize because we're building all the pequeño windows. We're project managing all the pequeño yeah. windows in Costa Rica. We're doing one in Pedazelon, and there's going to be one coming in Kepo. So, love it. That's I, listen. I you know we trying to have a, when a renter breaks or 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 a that, that breaks intentionally. It's just sometimes yep. you know a, a beach chair or a sun chair by the pool. That might be you might have to go to Hako to get one if, because we've bought them everywhere at. at uh, Colono at the hardware store. We've yep. got to Cape. I mean, it's challenging sometimes that day to day stuff we just take for granted in North America. You know, if 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 Colono's out of of plungers, right? Then now where do you go? Right? It's simple yep. things like that that the Picanio Mundos and the Maxi Polis always have um, yeah. supply chain. And and during COVID, you know, the supply chains really got pinched. And when you think about on a macro global level, like Costa Rica is 5 million people. So if I'm a manufacturer, that's like a big city or a big metro area in the, in the United States. I'm not going to spend a lot of time supplying that country. And then you, San Jose's 80% of the people of the country or more, if you look at the metropolitan area. So the time that supply can make it down to Uvita, Ojo Chao, it's, it's, we, we just hope it's there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, 
Definitely. Well, Nick, this has been great. I have one more question before uh, we end the podcast, which I love to ask everyone. If you inherited $500,000 and had to invest it into a business or real estate in Costa Rica, what would you invest it in and why? I would invest, I would buy old homes in Uvita. Yep. I'm almost, I'm almost afraid to say this out loud, but I would buy old, beat up Costa Rican homes in Uvita and tear them down and build yep. up. I, I think and, it's smart. Yeah. You yeah. Know, so I, if I anyone mean, wants from, to help me out on that, I would be more than happy to to, to partner or to be a partner on, on, on a deal like that. Well, I mean, look, I, we, we do a lot of that as well because the permitting process to do a refurb is completely different than a brand new. You know, it already has its water lead, it already has electrical availability. You know, depending yep. on what you're going to do, maybe you do need to expand, you know, the uh, the foundation a little bit, but maybe you don't. Like, it just depends. But I, I completely agree. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of opportunity there. I do too. And I think, I think, you know, people are going to appreciate that and, and renters. And, and by the way, I mean, the, the local market, like we mentioned earlier, the middle-class Costa Ricans are also doing this yep. right now. Yep. So this is not, um, there's always, always kind of want to hedge that answer Pros because calls, people yeah. feel like we're, we're, we're pushing out the locals. Well, not really. The locals own a lot of businesses. Um, and I own a lot of land. Too. Yeah. Own a lot of land. Like yeah. I could not, the guy, I couldn't, um, the guy yeah. I bought land from in Ohio, I was like, how much land do you have? Like, and sold it all. Like, just was like, I'm yep. 80 years old. I don't want it going to my kids because they'll only fight over it. I want to sell it all and I want to go and enjoy it. And I'm like, great work, sir. Great work. That's right. That's right. I mean, and there's still farms to be bought. I mean, it's just how big, yep. a, how, how big a check can you write? Um, you know, we bought, and I own 150 acres in San Buenas next door to the golf course, right? We bought yep. that 16, 17 years ago. So you know, it takes time and, you know, we're, 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 we're working on 200 home development, but that stuff takes time. And that's, you know, when people start doing business in Costa Rica and it's uh -huh. true too in North America for development work, but, you know, I know your listeners are, are kind of all levels, whether it's home or developments, you know, as well as anybody, just kind of the permitting process, but, but buying those homes that already have water and electricity, those two things may sound insignificant. They're huge. They're absolutely yep. huge and, and critical if you're going to uh, do investments there. Definitely. Well, Nick, this has been absolutely amazing. I uh, appreciate you open up your uh, your your trick your 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 yeah your <laughs> bag of tricks here and kind of uh, giving some of this knowledge out here. Anyone that wants to contact Nick, I'll put all of his contact details uh, and also property management in the description down below. But Nick, really appreciate you uh, coming on the podcast, sir. I really appreciate the opportunity. It's it's been a pleasure. Not at all. Thanks very much. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that podcast there with uh, Nick at Also Property Management. As you can see, he's a wealth of knowledge. Um, and we didn't go too much into the tech stack uh, kind of uh, questions that I usually have, just because there was so much, you know, it was so rich with information on also revenue and design and things that you can do to just really maximize uh, that revenue at your vacation rental there. So you remember those guys work from Mammon Antonio all the way down to the Osso Peninsula. So that's quite a stretch of uh, beach line there. And just the viewpoint that he gets having, you know, 50 plus vacation rentals is, is very unique as well. So if you want to reach out to Nick, all of his contact details are in the description below. Remember, if you want to reach out to us for help on investing or purchasing in Costa Rica, kind of make, really making sure that you make the right move for you, uh, reach out to us. Again, we do everything from, you know, making sure even if it's a condo investment, you know, that could be $150,000, $100,000, making sure you're making the right move for you and also kind of the financial model behind it. Uh, it could be, you know, up to a huge development. 
Uh, we're actually developing a twenty, uh, you know, a twenty uh, home uh, development up in Aranau at the moment, which is actually our own personal development, anyway. So you can reach us info at investingcostarica.com. That's info at investingcostarica.com. But till the next podcast, guys, we'll catch you later. Bye. The number one Costa Rica real estate and investment podcast, bringing you experts from all over Costa Rica. 